1: So after the resurrection, James and Jude, both half brothers of Jesus, believed in Jesus as the Messiah, became leaders in the church, and each wrote a book of the New Testament that bears their name. John the Baptist here clarifies I did not know my cousin was the Messiah until I got the signal. What signal?
0: What a great question, and we'll hear the answer to it in a few minutes and a lot more as we bring to you another edition of Study Verse by Verse, an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, featuring the teaching of Senior Pastor Leighton Sheely. I'm Mike Trout, so glad you've joined us for this Wednesday as we continue to look at the Book of John. Here's Pastor Leighton.
1: Now, Acts 19 reveals an interesting story, and it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism, the baptism of John the Baptist. And Paul said, well, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Now, the Old Testament spoke of a spiritual cleansing in connection with the Messiah's coming, and the Jews, therefore, baptized people who were not Jewish, but they never baptized somebody who was Jewish. But here was John the Baptist out baptizing everybody, including Jewish people. And Jewish people who submitted to John's baptism were acknowledging that their sin had placed them in the same problem outside of God's saving covenant that the Gentiles had. And and the baptism was a public expression of repentance in preparation for the Messiah's coming. So what does this tell us? Well, some of us think that we've got a special relationship with God because Grandma was a Christian. The Jews thought they had a special relationship with God because they were of a, they descended from Abraham. But Christians or people that call themselves Christians, sometimes people that attend church. They think uh, I must have a special relationship with God because Grandma was a Christian. She prayed for me all the time. I know that, or I'm a member of the right church, or. I attend church regularly or whatever. What this is telling us is that none of us should ever think of ourselves more highly than we ought. None of us should ever think that we are so right in the sight of God for whatever reason that we need less of God's mercy and grace than the person sitting next to us. The fact of the matter is all of us come to salvation through the same means, and that is God's mercy and grace poured out upon us in abundance through Christ Jesus. So John's baptism was a baptism of repentance in preparation for Jesus, and Jesus' baptism was with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Verse 27, Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. At that time, Uh, Often, disciples didn't pay their teachers, and they compensated for their education by being servants of the teachers. But there was a rabbinical saying that said, a disciple can do anything for his master except untie his sandals. Untying his sandals was the job of the most menial, lowly slave. Now, remember that John the Baptist at this time is one of the most famous people in that part of the world. People are coming from miles and miles around to hear what he has to say. He's incredibly famous. Jesus is unknown. And what John the Baptist is saying is, is, I am so unworthy, I'm I'm not even worth being the lowest slave to that man over there, the Messiah. Verse 28, these things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. Now, the exact location of Bethany beyond the Jordan is not known to us. There was actually two Bethanies at the time of this writing. There was the Bethany in which Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lived. It was about a mile and a half from Jerusalem. And uh, so because they couldn't find another Bethany about 300 years after Christ, about the time of, of origin, uh, they assumed that there was some mistake, and so they substituted Bethabara for Bethany about 300 years after Christ's origin. Um, And if you've got a King James Version, that's what you'll see in it, and say Bethabara instead of Bethany beyond the Jordan. Um, The author here says Bethany beyond the Jordan to distinguish which Bethany he's talking about. He's not talking about the Bethany near Jerusalem where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus live. He's talking about the Bethany beyond the Jordan. Now, when I was uh, an intern ministerial intern many years ago. I was in Southern California, and I would drive Route 10 or 60, one of the two, I forget. And it was interesting to me that down there, there was two exits that had the same name. I think it was Euclid, but I'm not sure. And and those exits were only a few miles apart. And so when I was giving directions to somebody, I would say, take the Euclid exit. Oh, not the one in Upland, take the other one. And what the author is saying, Bethany not the one near Jerusalem, but the other one, the one on the other side of the Jordan. Verse 28, and by the way, your Bible might have a paragraph heading that says, Behold the Lamb of God. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now this title, Lamb of God, is used only in John's writing. It's the first in a string of titles that he bestows upon Jesus, including Rabbi, Messiah, Son of God, King of Israel, Son of Man, Him of whom Moses and the Law and the Prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of Joseph, and so forth. The concept of a sacrificial lamb was very familiar to the Jewish people. All throughout that, their history, they knew that God would only cover sin, and sin was only covered uh, with the shedding of blood. And uh, Abraham had put confidence that someday God would provide a lamb in uh, Genesis chapter 22. Every day in Jerusalem, every morning and every evening, a lamb was sacrificed for the sins of the people. And that took place even when the the city was under siege and people were starving, they would still have the morning and evening sacrifices. And they also were familiar with the Passover lamb. And Passover was coming because In the next chapter, chapter 2, we have a story of Jesus in the temple during Passover. So, people are thinking in terms of Passover. Passover is coming. Now, the title, The Lamb of God, foreshadows Jesus' ultimate sacrifice on the cross for the sins of the world. So, with this statement, the author, or John the Baptist, I should say, makes it clear that this Messiah had come to deal with this matter of sin. The word for world here is cosmos, which means to humanity in general, without distinction. That means everybody. So the use of the singular term sin with the collective word world reveals that as sin is worldwide, so Jesus' sacrifice is sufficient for all people without distinction. That's what is being said here. Now, it's important for us to understand that what he's not saying here is something that is taught called universalism. Universalism says God loves everybody, therefore everybody will be saved. But that's not what the Bible teaches. In just a couple chapters, we're going to look at John 3.16. What does John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world, that's everybody, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. Only those who believe in the only begotten Son. So the Bible does not teach universalism. Verse 30, this is he of whom I said, I've said it before, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. We went into depth on this last week. Verse 31, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. Now, this is an interesting insight right here because according to the gospel of Luke, John the Baptist and Jesus were related. They were cousins. Elizabeth, John's mom, and Mary, Jesus' mom, were relatives. And uh, why, didn't, uh, why didn't John the Baptist know that Jesus was the Messiah? Was it that they didn't get together? You remember that Mary had to go into the hill country. Maybe, maybe there was a distance and the family didn't get together very often or something like that. Well, by God's design, only Mary and Joseph knew that Jesus was the Savior until He'd grown into full manhood. In fact, Scripture and history, church history, indicates that even Jesus' own brothers, or we would call them half-brothers, did not believe in Him until after the resurrection. Matthew thirteen fifty four reads, And coming to His hometown, Jesus taught them in their synagogue. So they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Joseph, Jesus' father, was a carpenter. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? So after the resurrection, James and Jude, both half-brothers of Jesus, believed in Jesus as the Messiah, became leaders in the church, and each wrote a book of the New Testament that bears their name. John the Baptist here clarifies, I did not know my cousin was the Messiah until I got the signal. What signal? Verse 32, John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And so God, who had sent John the Baptist to baptize with water, had prearranged a signal so that at the proper time, John would know who to point to and say, that's the Savior, that's the Christ, that's the Messiah. And this revelation took place at Jesus' baptism. It's recorded for us in Matthew chapter 3. When Jesus came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove, and a voice out of heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. It was at this point that John knew that Jesus was the Son of God. And that's what he said, verse 34. And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God.
0: Well, if you joined us a little bit late, this is Study Verse by Verse, an outreach ministry from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and uh, our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. He'll continue right where we're leaving off tomorrow when we come back at this same time. And if you'd like to do a little additional study in advance of tomorrow's broadcast, just turn to the first chapter of John and move on into the second chapter. I'm Mike Trout. So glad you've joined us today. We're on the web at Highlands.us, and we'd love to know that you're listening. You can share that fact with us when you go there, Highlands.us, and click on the contact link. We'll be back tomorrow at the same time and study verse by verse.